nor in the earth, nor under the earth, was found worthy to open the book and to loose the seals. And it caused John to weep much. A search was made to find somebody, just one person that's worthy. And they looked in heaven, throughout heaven, and throughout the earth, and under the earth. And John weeps with many tears. Because no one was found worthy. No one in the Old Testament. Not Adam and Eve. The first man and wife. You'd think they'd be worthy. But yet they disobeyed God. And sold out the entire human race to the devil. They weren't worthy. Noah, you'd think he'd be worthy. A preacher of righteousness. The builder of the ark. But he got drunk. He wasn't worthy. After the flood. He got drunk. Abraham. You'd think Abraham. Would be worthy. He's known as the father of faith. Certainly he'd be worthy. But you look into his life. He told some lies. Jacob. Whose name was changed to Israel. Certainly, he'd be worthy. But if you look back in his life, you find out he was a deceiver. Certainly, Moses would be worthy. The great lawgiver, the man who ascended Mount Sinai and got the Ten Commandments. All those miracles done in his ministry. But you look a little closer into his life and you see he murdered a man. And he disobeyed God by striking the rock twice and messing up one of God's Old Testament types. Certainly Aaron's brother, uh, Moses' brother Aaron would be worthy. He was the brother of Moses and his spokesperson. But Aaron allowed the people to make a golden calf and worship it. Certainly Rahab. She's in the lineage of Jesus. She's an ancestor of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. But she was also a prostitute. Gideon. Certainly Gideon would be worthy. He was called a mighty man of valor. But yet he had an inferiority complex. Certainly if anybody would be worthy it would be Samson. The strong man of the Old Testament and a judge of Israel. But you look more closely into his life and you see an alcoholic and a womanizer. Certainly King Saul would be worthy. He was chosen by God himself as the first king of Israel. But Saul had a pride problem and disobeyed God. Well, if anybody be worthy, it must be King David. He was a man after God's own heart. 
and anointed by the prophet of God as a young boy to be the king. But he was an adulterer and an accomplice to murder. Certainly King Solomon would have been worthy. He was the wisest man that lived in Old Testament days. One of the wisest, if not the wisest man ever to walk the face of the earth. But you look a little closer into his life and you see he's not worthy to open the book or to loose the seals thereof because King Solomon in his later life backslid and got away from God. What about Elijah the prophet, the one who called down fire and outran the king's chariot? Certainly he's worthy to open the book, but you look a little closer into his life and You see him in terror and fear running from a godless heathen, Jezebel. What about the weeping prophet, Jeremiah, who was called by God before he was born as a prophet to the nations? Certainly he'd be worthy, but upon closer look into his life, he contemplated not fulfilling his call and finishing his course. He thought about giving up and quitting. What about Jonah, the prophet, sent to Nineveh and brought about one of the greatest revivals of all time? Surely he must be worthy to open the book. But at first he didn't obey God and he went just the opposite way of what God told him to go. What about Isaiah, the statesman and prophet, the prince of the prophets, Isaiah himself? He must be worthy. But he said of himself that he was a man of unclean lips. Not a curser or a cusser, but in compared to the holiness of God, he himself disqualified by his own admission as being worthy to open the book. Well, certainly we could find somebody who can't find anybody in the Old Testament. We ought to be able to find somebody in the New Testament that would be able to open the Seals? What about Peter, the chief apostle? He denied Jesus three times. How about John, the apostle of love? He ought to be worthy. But you look into his life a little closer and you'll see someone that wanted to call down fire and singe people and obliterate them. What about Thomas? What about Thomas? He ought to be worthy. He was the first one to call Jesus my Lord and my God after he was raised from the dead. But you look into Thomas's life, he was a doubter. What about the man that God used to write nearly two-thirds of the New Testament? The Apostle Paul, he ought to be worthy to open the book. But you look a little closer into his life and you find... That he was a blasphemer and he arrested and murdered Christians. What about Barnabas? The man of encouragement. A prophet and a teacher and fellow laborer of Paul. But you look a little closer into his life and you find a man that refused to submit to godly authority. And had a heated argument with the apostle Paul and separated company from him. What about Timothy? The young pastor and Paul's son in the faith. But you look a little closer at him. 
He was timid and fearful. Not worthy to open the book. How about Mark? The one who wrote the second gospel account. Surely he would be worthy to open the book. And to loose the seals. But you look a little closer at him. He quit and left the mission field when things got hard. What about Mary Magdalene? The woman who first, she was the first one to declare the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Surely she'd be worthy. But you look a little closer into her past. And you find that she was at one point demon possessed. You say, well pastor, we didn't find anybody in the Old Testament or New Testament. But you didn't consider everyone. Well, no I didn't. What about Abel? The man who pleased God with his offering given by faith. Or what about Seth, the son of Adam and Eve who replaced Cain and fulfilled the godly lineage of Jesus? What about him? Or what about Enoch who had a testimony that he pleased God? Or what about Job who did not accuse God wrongly or sin with his lips? A man of great patience. What about Methuselah, the man who lived longer than anyone else? What about Isaac? The child of promise. What about Joseph? Who is perhaps one of the greatest Old Testament types of Jesus Christ. What about him? What about Joshua? Who brought back a good report and was the successor of Moses. And at the hand of God brought down the walls of Jericho. What about him? What about Caleb? Who was a man of good report. How about Daniel the prophet? A man greatly beloved of God. What about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who served God and was fireproof in Nebuchadnezzar's furnace? Or what about Samuel, the founder of the prophets? The one who anointed David as king. What about Elisha who received the double portion of Elijah's anointing? What about all the other good kings and the judges in the Old Testament? What about Nehemiah, the wall builder? What about Ruth? The woman of noble character. What about Queen Esther who saved her people, the Jews, from extinction? What about John the Baptist, the greatest prophet born of a woman? Or Stephen, the first martyr? Or Philip, the faithful deacon and evangelist? None of them are worthy to open the book. Or what about as we look over... History of John Wycliffe and William Tyndale who are largely responsible for the printing of the Bible that you hold in your laps. Or what about Martin Luther who posted his 95 thesis declaring the just shall live by faith. What about him? What about him? What about Lot? What about any of these people? Martin Luther, he brought us out of the dark ages. What about John Wesley or Charles Spurgeon or Dwight Moody or Billy Graham, all great evangelists and ministers of the gospel? What about the founding fathers of the United States? What about Abraham Lincoln, who is known as Honest Abe, who ended slavery with his Emancipation Proclamation? What about Mother Teresa, whose humanitarian efforts are without rival? Dear friends, I'm here today to tell you that no one, none of these that I mentioned, including not me and not you, 
Not even the Virgin Mary, the mother of Jesus, is found worthy to open that book. You say, why, Pastor Terry, why? Because you need only look to Romans 3.20 to find the answer. And in Romans 3.20, the Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Don't ever forget that. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That is why every single one of these people that I mentioned, from Adam and Eve all the way down to including you and me, are not worthy to open that book and to loose the seals. Why? Because all have what? Sinned and come short of the glory of God. Don't ever forget that. Well, if none of these people are worthy... Then who is? There must be somebody. Well, let's pick up reading in Revelation, the fifth chapter and the fourth verse. And so we pick John up where he's weeping much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book or to look thereon. And as John is weeping and crying in this heavenly vision, Looking for someone that's worthy to open that book. Who's worthy to open that book? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There must be somebody that's worthy to open the book. And in verse 5, one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne... And of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb, as though it had been slain. Having seven horns, that means complete and total authority. And seven eyes, that means complete and total knowledge. Which are the seven spirits of God, that's having the complete work of the Holy Spirit sent forth into all the earth. Who is this lamb? This lamb is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. The lamb of God. John the Baptist saw him on the shores of Galilee and said, Behold the lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And now John sees him, the one that's found worthy to open the book, with all authority. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he said, all authority in heaven and in earth has been given to me. Complete and total wisdom and knowledge, complete authority. And in verse 7, he came... And took the book, this Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And he took the book out of the right hand of him that sat on the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb. Having having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song saying, notice what they sing. They sang this to Jesus. And they said, Thou art worthy. Real loud say, Thou art worthy. 
They sang this to Jesus and they said, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And has made us under our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. <laughs> Glory to God. And in verse 11. And as I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb. Somebody say worthy is the lamb. Say it again. Worthy is the lamb. We're talking about Jesus Christ here. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Nobody from Adam and Eve all the way down through the annals of time found worthy except one, that matchless person of the ages. That virgin-born Son of God, 100% God, 100% man, nobody like Him, the unique person of the ages. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God the Son, the only one worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. And again in verse 13, And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth on the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and forever. And then if you go to chapter 6 verse 1, And I saw... When the Lamb opened one of the seals. So he was worthy, wasn't he? Can you say amen? amen? My God, that excites me. Somebody said, why was Jesus worthy? Why was he the only one worthy? If you study the Bible, it's very clear. The Bible says that in him is no sin. The Bible says he was tempted in all points, like as you and I are, yet without sin. The Bible says that in his temptations, that he resisted sin, even to the point of bloodshed. What does that mean? How many remembers when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane? And the Bible says that he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. Think of that. Jesus, just as human, though he was, he was God, yet he was just as human as you or I. And there he is in the Garden of Gethsemane. He had been tempted by the devil at the beginning of his ministry. And he was tempted, the Bible is clear, in all points, like as we are. And we come to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's struggling in that garden. The Bible says he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. What was he doing? Striving against sin. What, 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 did he say in, what did he say in that garden? He said to the Father, he said, not my will, but thy will be done. He said, if there be any other way, 
let this cup pass from me. There was no other way, and that's when he said, Nevertheless, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. And he kept his will in line with the will of the Father, and he never sinned, no, not one time. And thus, qualifying him and making him worthy, to look on that book and to open the seals. For in him is no sin. I want you to look at Revelation, the first chapter, and the twelfth verse. I want to look upon that one right now. The Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's look upon that one that was found worthy. Revelation 1 verse 12, John. This is prior to him being caught up into heaven. Where he sees the Lamb of God as though he had been slain. I'm so glad Jesus went to the cross for me. I think about it every day. Every day I get up throughout the day and when I go to bed, I'm so thankful that he went to the cross for me. As a lamb that had been slain. See, John saw that in that heavenly vision. He saw him as the lamb of God slain. The Bible says from the foundations of the world. And he stood there as that slain lamb and was able to take the book out of the Hands of God the Father and open it. And in that book he revealed the end times which we're right up on the edge of right now. But let's look at him just prior to John. Seeing him in heaven. As you look into the Bible you see Jesus when he appears he's doesn't always appear the same way, though he is the same. Sometimes he's dressed differently. How many of us dress the same way every day? I know I don't. Some Sundays I, some Sundays I wear a suit, some Sundays I don't. Do you dress the same all the time? Sometimes Jesus is seen as we'll see dressed as a high priest. Sometimes you see him as a lamb slain. From the foundation of the world. When John was in heaven in that vision. He saw him as the lamb slain. But prior to that he sees him on the isle of Patmos. When he'd been exiled there. For the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Revelation 1 verse 12. John says and I I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw the seven golden candlesticks. That's just representative of those seven churches in Revelation. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man. That's talking about Jesus. Now notice, clothed with a garment down to the foot. And girt about the paps, that's about his chest, with a golden girdle. 
And his head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were as a flame of fire. And his feet like unto fine brass, as burned in a furnace. And his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars. Those are those seven pastors of those seven churches. You want to go to a church where Jesus is running the pulpit and he has the pastor held in his right hand. I believe we have such a church here. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. What is that? Read the Bible, you see. That's the Word of God. And his countenance, notice this, his countenance was as the sun shining in, it, shining in its strength. And when I saw him, somebody asked me, well, I wonder what I'd do if I saw Jesus. You'd do just what John did. He said, I saw him. And I fell at his feet. As dead. And he laid his right hand upon me and said, fear not. wonder what Jesus would say if he had something to say to me. He'd say, fear not. Fear not, fear not. How many times did he show up when those disciples were in the midst of a tough situation or in the midst of a storm? And he'd show up and guess what he'd say? Almost every time, guess what he'd say? Fear not. He said, fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. I'm glad he's got those keys. How about you? I want to tell you something about Jesus that I can't say about anybody else. Not only is he worthy, we've seen that. But you need to listen to me right now and don't ever forget this. Of all the people you've ever met in your life, and of all the people you ever will meet, I'll guarantee you this, just like with all of those people that I read to you about a while ago, every single one of them, though they had a lot of good traits and good qualities and good this, that, and the other, yet if you look back into their lives, in every single one of their lives, there was always something That wasn't right. You look into anybody's life. Including yours and including mine. Though there are many perhaps wonderful qualities and characteristics. There's always something. That's why I've learned a long time ago not to set people up on pedestals. And you should never set me up on a pedestal. The Bible says give honor where honor is due, certainly. But don't ever set me on a pedestal and I won't set you on a pedestal. You know why? Because every time I've ever set anybody on a pedestal, I've always at some point been disappointed. There's preachers that I've grew up admiring and certainly honoring them and honoring them as honor was due, but in in some cases, every single one of them, some of them nationally and internationally known, but yet you get around them and you get to meet them and There's some disappointment there. Why? Because they're human. 
If you got to spend a lot of time with me, you see me in this pulpit, but if you see, saw me in everyday life, I trust I'm, I, I, I've always tried since I've been a kid. I always thought that when you stand behind this pulpit, you should be the same person back there eating cookies as you are behind the pulpit. Can anybody say amen? You see me at Walmart, I ought, to, I ought to be the same there as I am standing by the pulpit. If I can love you behind the pulpit, I ought to be able to love you at Walmart. Is that right? But what I'm trying to say is, is if you study me and watch me long enough, you'll find something that will disappoint you. All you have to do is ask my wife. You understand what I'm talking about? But dear friends, there's one person that we're all going to get to meet one of these days. And his name is Jesus Christ. And when we see him... There will be nothing in his past. There is nothing in his past. There's nothing anywhere in him, about him, around him. Nothing whatsoever that disqualifies or disappoints. But when you see him, you will say something like the Queen of Sheba said to Solomon when she came from afar to look at his kingdom. And she said that it's so wonderful the half hasn't been told. And when you see Jesus, I'll guarantee you this. There's no dirt in his closet. There's no dirt under his rug. There's no skeleton in his closet. There's nothing that the Democrats or the Republicans can pull up on him because he's clean as a whistle. He's without sin. Can you say amen? And when you see him, you will say the half hasn't been told of how wonderful and how fantastic and how matchless and holy and wonderful he is. And and you'll fall down before him and you'll worship him. Why? Because he's worthy. He's worthy not only to open that book, but he's worthy of your worship and my worship and my praise and your praise. Can you say amen in the house of God? Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, close with these thoughts. Even though no one except Jesus Christ is worthy to open the book and to loose those seals, I'm here today to tell you that He, Jesus, made us righteous and made us worthy to spend eternity with Him as we repent and believe on Him. Notice in, in 2 Corinthians 5.21, it's worth looking at. Notice this. For he, that is God the Father, made him, that is Jesus Christ, his son, to be sin for us, sinners, who Jesus knew no sin. Real loud, say Jesus knew no sin. You see, he was made to be sin. He knew no sin. The just for the unjust, the righteous For the unrighteous, Jesus was given for us on Calvary. And he bled there, he died there, he was buried on the third day, raised from the dead. Glory to God. You see, he who knew no sin was made to be sin so that what? We might be made what? The righteousness of God in him. Can you say amen? That's why it's the gospel. The moment that you receive Jesus Christ, it is no longer recorded in heaven that you've sinned. Can you say amen to that? 
You need to understand this about the gospel, and that's why it's good news. Heaven credits us with everything that Jesus did. He came as the righteousness of God. He took our sin, and he gave us his righteousness. That is a good, 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 good deal. Glory to God. And notice in Revelation 1 verse 5, it says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us. And what did he do? He washed us from our sins in his own blood. That sinless, matchless, holy blood. The only thing that can wash away sin. The waters of baptism can't wash away sins. As much as I believe in water baptism, it can't save you. There's only one thing, and it's the blood of Jesus. How do you get washed in the blood? When you repent of your sins and say, Jesus, come into my heart. I believe on you. Just that quick, the blood of Jesus washes all your sins away. Glory to God. Your name goes in the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's exciting. Miss hell, make heaven. Glory to God. Whew. And then makes life worth living. He washed us from our sins in his own blood. And, let's don't stop there, notice verse 6. And made us what? Kings and priests unto God and his Father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. And I can say with the Bible, Amen. Glory to God. It's good news today, isn't it? I love preaching about Jesus. I just love him. I love him with all my heart. I tell you what, I've preached on the prophets of the Old Testament. I've preached on the judges. I've preached on the on the characters of the New Testament. But I tell you what, there's nothing like preaching on Jesus. You know why? Because there's nobody like him. Glory to God. Who's worthy to open the book? Jesus. Who's worthy to open the book? Jesus. Jesus. Who, who's worthy to open the book? Jesus. Jesus. Glory to God. I like that. Let's close. Revelation 5, 9. We already read it, but it, it bears repetition. The Bible tells us what we're going to be singing in heaven one day. We already read it, but we'll close by reading this again. And they sung a new song. They sung a new song. Thou, thou art worthy to take the book. Who's worthy? Jesus. I said, who's worthy? Jesus. Who, who's worthy? Jesus. Jesus. He's worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Aren't you glad God's no respecter of persons? The gospel is available to every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Anybody that will repent and call on the name of the Lord Jesus be saved. Isn't that wonderful? Let's, all, let's leave that verse 9 on the screen. Let's all stand in the presence of God just for a moment. I hope you got as blessed today as I did. Standing in the presence of God, they sung a new song. <clears throat> Let's just say, say this. Say, thou art, worthy thou art worthy to take the book, take the book and, to open the seals thereof. and open the seals thereof. 
For thou wast slain and has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. Let's say that one more. Say, say thou art worthy. Say, Jesus, you alone are worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hey, bow your heads right there. Just bow your heads and listen. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus, I want to invite you to do that. When we dismiss, all you have to do is walk up here to the front, get with one of these nice people up here and say, Hey, introduce me to Jesus, and they'll introduce you to him. And in a moment's time, he'll wash your sins away, make you a new person. The Bible says if any person be in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things pass away, and behold, Jesus will make all things